You're listening to Coffee Chats with a Life Coach, episode number one. Hi, I'm Andrea, a certified coach and author of the book The Introvert Who Could, and I'm so excited to bring you some inspiring coffee chats. I used to have a podcast that I stopped back in 2020, but I'm really happy to be back because I love having more time to dive into a topic more than I could offer in a social media post. So thank you in advance for listening and it's really an honor to be joining you on your walk or commute or doing chores or whatever else you're listening to podcasts. The first month is dedicated to building better habits, which is one of my favorite topics and what I've worked on the most, especially around eating. So whether you want to make a change in your life, start an exercise routine, write a book, pretty much anything requires a change in habits. We'll have two solo episodes, this is the first one, and two interviews to really bring you some actual stories and some practical tips to start making those changes in your life. So let's get started. And this episode is dedicated to some of the habits that I'm working on and how I'm doing that. Let's start with the 75 hard challenge. I'm not doing the original one. I decided to modify it and I'll go through why and how it looks like for me. I'll also talk about a few of the more difficult days when I almost missed a day, which would mean I would go back to day zero. If you've never heard of it, here's what the original challenge looks like. Pick a diet to follow with no alcohol or cheat meals. Drink a gallon of water daily. Complete two daily workouts of 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outside. Read 10 pages per day of a non-fiction book. Take a progress photo every day. And if you skip a day or miss a task, you must start over. There are a few reasons why I'm not a fan of it. As a coach who understands habits, as a human with a lot of responsibilities, as a woman and as someone who's had a very poor relationship with food for many, many years. Let's start there. The challenge says pick a diet with no alcohol and cheat meals. Though there are no specific rules, you could choose to do the diet however however you wanted. It still sounds restrictive. It sounds like a diet basically. And if you did this with the purpose of losing weight, You would maybe get to the end, but you might still feel deprived. You'd have to use a lot of willpower. And yes, it's called 75 hard for a reason. But once the challenge is over and you reintroduce some of the foods, the rules wouldn't allow, you'd gain some weight back. I've been on this weight loss roller coaster since my early 20s, and I did reach my weight goal just before I had my son. The pregnancy got me some pounds back that I'm still working on losing, but I'm now in a point in my life where I just refuse to lose weight through ways I know I can't sustain. There is no point. We need to accept that saying, I'm never gonna eat this or that ever again, is a lie and our menus need to include the foods we know we will want to eat for the rest of our lives. Yes, we need to focus on certain foods and find the proportions that work, but the extremes don't serve us. Plus, 
every time you say, I will never eat this again, and you do, you hurt your relationship with yourself a little bit each time. To the point where you stop trusting your own word because you lied to yourself so many times. That being said, I asked myself what my goals are when it comes to nutrition and what a good next step would be for me. And what would I be okay doing for the rest of my life? So I want to eat less sugar, but I don't want to not eat sugar at all. So I decided for the challenge to go with six days of no sugar per week and no overeating. That means eating when I'm hungry and stopping before I am full. So I need to pay attention to my body and stop when the hunger has gone. Both of these things are goals I have for both my health and my weight, but I wouldn't have agreed to do no sugar at all because that's not how I want to live. Then we have the exercise. Two workouts of 45 minutes each for 75 consecutive days can be considered extreme. I'm not a beginner when it comes to exercise, but if someone is a beginner, that's, that's too much. It can lead to injury, it can lead to burnout, and that person might consider it a failure and that they've done something wrong, when actually it's just not a good way to start a habit. This is also difficult if you have other types of activities during the day. I have two dogs that I walk once or twice a day and a toddler that keeps me active. If I added another 90 minutes of exercise, considering also changing and showering after, I wouldn't get anything else done. It would be a full-time job. It also sounds very, very tiring. I also want to point out a big difference between men and women regarding this challenge, because it was created by, by a man and men live in 24 hour cycles. The changes in energy and hormones make men able to repeat the same day over and over again. Women, on the other hand, have 30 day cycles or so and have three different hormones that fluctuate during the month, which cause changes in energy, in cravings, appetite, and all sorts of other body symptoms. And of course, we have a couple of days when we might experience cramps and extreme tiredness. And the thought of doing two workouts makes me hide in a corner and cry for for a little bit. And in 75 days, I could be unlucky enough to do this three times, but two times for sure, because it's 30 days plus 30 days. And then it really depends where the other 15 are situated in my cycle. Next on the list of tasks, we have the water. One gallon, which is about four liters, is a lot. If you exercise so much, it might make sense, but it also depends on what type of exercise you do, because walking, yoga, most strength training, they don't cause any sweating, and overhydration is not good. I really don't see any point in drinking more than you need, And with the risk of filling this episode with references to bodily fluids, you're hydrated when your pee is light yellow. Anything over that is not necessary. Now, I get that this is a challenge and it's supposed to be hard. But I also feel that it wasn't designed for everyone. And 
It's not even about mental toughness, which is supposed to be the point of it. I am a coach and I have all the tools and all the mind tricks I need to get through this challenge and I still don't like it. (laughs) So here's how I am doing it. Here's how I modified it to be able to go through the 75 days. For the diet, as mentioned, no sugar on six days per week and no overeating. For exercise, I'm going with 20 minutes per day of exercise and I can pick anything off my peloton bike. It can even be a stretch to accommodate some of the more difficult days and when I have cramps and so on, but also 10,000 steps outside. Then for water, just hydrate when I'm exercising and two extra glasses of water or tea when I'm sitting at my desk. For reading, I'll go with the 10 pages of nonfiction per day as in the original challenge and a progress photo either on the scale or in the mirror. At the moment of recording this, I am on day 29 and so far I've had a few challenging days and I wanted to go through some of the ways I managed to keep going and what helps me every day to stay on track. So far, I've had two sugar cravings that had the potential to stop me, but didn't. Here's what happened and I how I got over them. The first one, I had some brownies in the fridge. They were leftovers from a local event I organized in my town and they look good. I can still have sugar on one day per week, but I had already used my token until the following Monday. On day 11, I had an intense craving after dinner and that started to make my brain very creative, offering me all sorts of reasons why it would be absolutely fine to eat the brownies and how the challenge is a terrible idea anyway. So I talked back to my brain and I said, fine, if you want brownies, you can have the brownies, but not now, tomorrow. (laughs) It's too late and I'm too tired to make a decision right before bed, but if we still want them tomorrow, we'll eat them and make a conscious decision to go back to day zero. The negotiation worked and the craving was not there the next morning, so I went on with day 12. Win, yay. (laughs) The second one happened on day 14 of the challenge when I got my period This is normally the day when I devour one or sometimes even two chocolate bars. It was still not time for my next sugar token. So I tried to understand what I need and what will chocolate give me? Why am I craving it? Is it just a sweet taste? Is it the chocolate itself, the eating? And I realized I did want something sweet but also the the sensation of food in my body. So I asked my husband to take a quick trip to the supermarket and he brought me back uh, fruit, grapes and nectarines, and I truly enjoyed them. They gave me comfort, they gave me pleasure and those sensations that I was craving. So no chocolate was needed. Yay, another win. Another great win was deciding to postpone a sugar day because I know myself very well 
the week had started so I could have had sugar any day. But I looked at my calendar and saw that I had a post podcast interview scheduled. It was a big deal for me and I knew that I would want to have a little celebration afterwards and I, I would regret and really be angry with myself if I refused myself that. So I had my sugar, which was the brownies that I mentioned earlier, in the afternoon after the interview. And I think I was so proud of myself that they tasted even better. In terms of exercise, I had two days when doing my 10,000 steps meant going out in the rain because it was already late and there was very little chance it will stop raining. And I also underestimated one day what 2,000 steps left means. And I had to do about 100 rounds of my living room just to get to the number. There are days when it becomes really challenging. And I took some time to ask myself what helps me the most so I can share it with you. Number one, probably the most important thing is that I see this as a non-negotiable. Once I made the commitment, the thought of not doing the tasks is just not existent. Just as I'm sure the sun will come out tomorrow, I'm sure I'll do the tasks. I don't see not doing them a possibility. And this does not happen to me immediately when I start something new. <laughs> In the first few days, my brain is constantly throwing tantrums and trying to convince me to quit. And this time was no different. And I thought, had thoughts such as, what's the point? You have nothing to prove to anyone. Why would you even go through a challenge like this? So I had to calm my mind down all the time and remind myself that I do want to do this. It's a great way to make some progress and an opportunity to work even more on some of my food tendencies with some focus and intention. Number two. I have a habit tracker that I keep on my desk to remind myself of, of what needs to get done every day and what I've done so far. It's nothing fancy, just a notebook where I drew a table and wrote down the habits. I don't like to use technology for habit tracking. Tip number three, I try to get the reading and the exercise done first thing in the morning. I do the reading while I drink my coffee and then once I'm done, I go and change to exercise. The moment I'm changed in my workout clothes, I go to the mirror and take the progress picture. So connecting and stacking these habits is super helpful for me. So by 8 a.m. I usually have three habits checked already. Number four. For the water, I usually have at least two opportunities to sit down at my desk. So whenever that happens, I get a glass of water or a cup of tea. I never sit down without having something to drink on my desk. Right now, I have a cup of tea. Five, on some days, getting the 10,000 steps is super easy because we have activities and dog walks. But on some days, I have to intentionally plan ways to get them done. For example, on a Monday, we drop my son off, walk the dogs, and that gives me about 6,000 steps. But then I sit down to work to take advantage of my son being away for the day. And without a challenge, I wouldn't take the dogs out again. 
But now I have to plan for either a dog walk or a trip to the supermarket after the nursery pickup. And lastly, let's talk about the food. Something that helps me a lot is consuming content related to improving my eating and my relationship with food. And I've done this for years and I keep doing it because I know it helps me and it helps others too if I share. So for my 10 pages of reading, the first two books I got through were The Easy Way to Lose Weight by Alan Carr and Mindless Eating by Brian Wansink. They both helped me not overeat, but also to learn a few new things. I was tempted by Alan Carr's book because I also used his book to stop smoking and that was 12 years ago and it worked immediately for me. I never smoked again. So I said, okay, let's read this one too. I didn't agree with all of it, but I would still say it's worth a read. And my next read will also be related to food and that's Why We Eat Too Much, The New Science of Appetite by Andrew Jenkinson. I haven't started it yet, so I don't have yet any opinion. (laughs) To make sure I don't overeat, I check in with myself often during the meal and I see how I feel. I recognize my body cues now and I know when I'm just before feeling full, so I stop. I also keep eating if I'm still hungry, but on the flip side, if I'm not hungry at all, I don't eat. The only exception though is in the evening when our food is mostly vegetables. Well, we're vegan anyway, so All our food is based on vegetables. But for dinner, we usually have a salad with tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, which is the main meal. And then some tofu, some beans, a bit of hummus, and some broccoli and cauliflower on the side. So yes, if that's for dinner, and it usually is, I will still eat some, but I'm rarely not hungry for dinner. So we're okay. Okay, I think this is it. (laughs) I hope you got some ideas that can help you stick with your habits. And if you love this, share it with a friend and let me know what's one thing you're taking away. You can find me on Instagram at by underscore Andrea Sandu. I'll put links and info in the notes, of course. And until next time, bye!